Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Kenneth Jackson. I am an actor from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Trey Riley. I'm a writer director from the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And this is Cinevibes. Fantastic. I felt Beautiful. the radio esqueness of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to Cinevibes. So, the topic we had today, you had sent the article, it was about Hulu doing research on their demographics, right? Yeah, um, they kind of summed up the whole streaming industry into four different groups. Yeah. And obviously the study was for Hulu, but I think it applies to Netflix. It's all encapsulating, Disney plus, yeah. Plus, you know, all the different uh, avenues. Yeah, I, I I thought it was really interesting because like it does capture pretty much the reasons why everyone listens or no watches like content on these streaming services really. And I thought it was interesting that certain family dynamics, mm-hmm. you know, led to people falling into certain categories. Like for instance, people with you know a family or a spouse. Mm-hmm. They tended to fall more into the weekend binge watchers mm-hmm. versus people like you and me, where we kind of solo and can watch, you know, midnight on a Tuesday or whatever, and yeah. go through something. Yeah, that was uh, they that category I believe was like classic streaming is what they categorized it as, which was like um, watching media or watching these streaming services at a set time so it was like in their daily routine you know you get home right from like work you decompress by watching like i don't know 10 episodes of the office again or something like that right and that was like 25 percent of the uh user base they had said yeah that that's a lot like you know the classic that's probably why it's caught that the classic cable watching, you know, people come home and watch Will of Fortune or Family Feud while they eat dinner. And it's kind of like every day you get that, you know, cycle. Grab the um, hungry man and sit in front of the TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even with everyone, everything shifting away from cable, you know, it, there's still the same patterns with, you know, the streaming services, which you know, a bigger conversation I think we're going to have is, streaming is everything now yeah and you know we can't be out of touch and not acknowledge that covid is alive and well (laughs) yeah yeah that was uh what i thought was really interesting and what i put myself into the categories like the categories were like therapeutic streaming classic streaming indulgent streaming and curated streaming um i fit more into curated streaming i believe because it's a lot more you know it's not that uh you know set time or it's not really indulgent like i'm not binging all of this stuff although i've been watching a lot of mad men recently like oh, whenever yeah. i can't do that i i can't get enough of it dude i love john Talk about a show that's so interesting despite nothing happening I know <laughs> it's all about like people <laughs> saying stuff that's just kind of like you know it, it doesn't really mean a lot on the outside but on the inside you're like ooh, I'm eating all of this up right yeah uh but yeah curated streaming which was like 13 percent of the demographic was like you're in I, a minority there my friend I am I, I and those are usually the people that 
seek new content new movies new shows new sort of stuff and like they had said in quotations this group is more likely to be gen z which i don't even know what generation i am so i mean i think you are probably millennial like myself millennial like there's there's all right that that's a whole other discussion i'm not going to go off of but like i'm kind of like in a weird like divot between millennials and uh gen z yeah you're right on the border for sure um yeah i i definitely think that because i always am looking for something new like i'm never i i don't i'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this but i really don't watch the office that much whenever i see an episode i'm like okay Uh, (laughs) i'm like this is pretty good i love watching like the compilations of like all the stuff that you know jim and them do but i mean it's it's, it's, amazing as well it's not it's not like i sit there and i watch it again and also with you know avatar coming back to netflix or coming to netflix it's like you know that goes more into the nostalgia aspect of it i think which is like is that the animated show yes avatar the animated show which that as a child was top-notch content and as a young adult top-notch content still and as your current age top-notch content top-notch content i swear that stuff it hits you right in the face (laughs) top-notch content (laughs) <laughs> that, that's gonna be the seal of approval we'll have to get like some like audio clip of just like a stamp right <laughs> top notch content get a sound bit for it just stamping <laughs> down <laughs> uh so yeah that the top like the number one uh category that they had as the demographic was therapeutic streaming which i think oftentimes i fall into yeah um his you know, tough days, a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Things are not even. Nothing seems to be going quite right. Right. Lately, yeah. Past several months, so you just want to come home and kind of watch in a veg-like state. And yeah. unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> I find myself in that category yeah. uh, quite a bit. But if it wasn't that one, I would probably land more in the curated streaming as well. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I can see why that's probably the largest uh, largest category there is. And I don't think it's like, you know, when you're considered uh, a classic streamer streamer of content or you're uh, uh, an indulgent. You're not just one or the other. I think we go between them like throughout day to day, you know, and that sort of thing. But definitely the uh, therapeutic streaming that. I was like, I could definitely see it because a lot of people, they come home, they just throw on the office. They just sit there and right? they just sit there and they have that on in the background. They don't really pay attention to it. They're like, oh, I remember this episode. Like, I'll sit here and throw on SpongeBob and be like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> I'll just sit here and vibe with SpongeBob and just hang out. I wonder, too, you know, how many people, you know, is, does this account for... The family dynamic because um the age range was like 13 to 65 so mm-hmm. i'm assuming a large majority of these people were you know maybe have small kids or teenage kids and mm-hmm. a lot of their time is probably spent watching the same thing over yeah. and over and over with their kids and mm-hmm. then because of that tiredness then they're just watching stuff that's easy and things that they've already seen and don't have to really think about which Again, that's just kind of 
reflective of maybe the lifestyle that a lot of people live where, you know, you work hard, then you come home and just do absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see the benefit of it. It's kind of like me putting on like, you know, uh, lo-fi beats to study to, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like so, some like white noise. It's almost like a fan at night for me, right? Yeah, you it makes you, you feel good. You don't have to, like, it makes you feel like you're not alone. And I think that's what a lot of people really try to avoid. And that's getting into a very psychological thing, which I don't know. If, I don't know how deep I want to go into that because I'll probably start hitting <laughs> some of my own nerves. But, um, yeah, I think that definitely goes along with what people do. Is like they'll sit there and they'll throw on The Office. They'll throw on uh, these other shows because, you know, they'll start, like, over time being able to memorize the lines and they'll say it and they're like, Oh, I, I love that. I can just remember the lines. Right. I'll sit yeah. there. Like as a kid, I watched, uh, two and a half men and it was just on, uh, my TV earlier. And, uh, like as a kid, I don't know if you should be letting kids watch two and a half men, uh, to, to be honest. There's a kid on there. There's right. a kid. There's it's somewhat family friendly, um, and I was uh, I was I, I remember I can quote that stuff now. Drake and Josh, I could sit there and quote that easy yes. peasy, you know, like SpongeBob. I quote that every single day. Like and some then, of that like teenage Nickelodeon level stuff was mm -hmm. just straight fire. Yeah, it was. Every day you yeah. come home, you watch it, and you know that was semi before streaming, but. You know, that was just how it was. And it didn't seem to matter that it wasn't always new. You just mm -hmm. watched it anyways, which yeah. I think is interesting. And then you'd, you'd be able to watch it again, and you're like, it's not like you're you're like, oh, I know what happens. Oh, he dies at the end of this, or oh, this happens this yeah, episode. Yeah, you're like waiting for it. You're just like, oh, I want to see what else I missed leading up to that. What, what did I miss, like, as far as character development going up to it, what did I miss as far as like script writing, character development, all that sort of stuff? What what did I miss? And then you start watching right. it and it just turns into a, you know, oh, this line is coming up. Maybe I wasn't paying attention before. I'm a I'm gonna look at it now, right? It's almost like a wax on, wax off type deal. Like you watch the episode, you miss some things, you don't really care. It's like in the back of your mind, you don't really pay attention to it, but then you actually pay attention to it and you're like, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, because, you know, if you're watching as a kid, you probably don't care that much about the character arcs. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're just like, how many colors are flashing at me in a second? Right. And <laughs> it's kind of interesting what I'll give passes to. Because, like, I'll watch a new show now and just rake it through the coals. Like, right. this is trash. I never want to even mention yeah. the word again. Yeah. Or the title. But then I'll go back and watch like, uh, you know, Boy Meets World or something from back in the day that just was like my whole life. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. It's perfect. It's like you're, it's like acting, going home, right? Home. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's like peaceful. you just know what it is, right? You know it's gonna be good. If I sit down to watch, like. I keep saying SpongeBob. People are gonna think I'm like a child. Um, no, if I sit down and I watch that, I'm like, oh, I know what happens. <laughs> if I uh, don't don't reveal all my secrets. Um, so if I sit down and I watch that, I'm kind of like, oh, I know I'm gonna get something good, right? I think that's what a lot of people don't like about new series as well, is because they don't know how much how committed they are to it, right? They don't know how much bandwidth or RAM they want to. 
apply to it with their like already busy life right and to connect that to streaming there might be a show that you just freaking love Mm -hmm. like new on netflix you binge it that first week and it comes out Mm -hmm. and they cancel it and then Mm -hmm. it's like well i just wasted all that time that it leaves kind of like a bitter taste in your mouth Mm -hmm. whereas you know older shows that get thrown on a streaming or you know, things where you know it's got to start an end date, you can watch it a little more reflectively and not, you know, being concerned about renewals. And that's like recently, for instance, um, Outer Banks was mm-hmm. like a big thing yeah. to start a uh, um, pandemic and all that. And I freaking loved it. Like, yeah. A weekend i watched it amazing i saw you saw brooke you brooke saw, brooke, you saw yeah. uh what's his uh, name parker yeah parker well. yeah <laughs> we'll have to try and get them on this that'd be sweet yeah. um yeah i do um, remember when that came out um yeah you know i saw that everyone saw and everyone's just like oh like in two weeks they're gonna announce you know being renewed mm-hmm. and then actually just like this week or last then the last week they announced second season so the bx2 yeah yeah it's kind of interesting what gets the immediate renewals and what takes time and yeah. the whole world behind that i don't know much about but mm-hmm. yeah well i mean i think that renewals and stuff like that i think that's a whole other topic on its own and like why things get greenlit and stuff because like there's a whole there's a whole thing about oh god bixby just went off why i never use bixby on my phone get out of here um <laughs> so it's a whole nother thing is uh like why movies get sequels right why uh series get greenlit for another season which i think series is a lot more like forgiving as far as like um you know another season goes like it's a lot more uh oh well i can accept that these things happen right but like with a with a movie, if a sequel gets made or it's in production, a lot of people are going to be like, why does there need to be a sequel? It's also a little more black and white with movies um, or even cable-based shows because you can actually put dollar values Demo- yeah, to, yeah. you know, Data. the success and the profit and the revenue generated. Whereas Netflix... Hulu, you know, any of the streaming services, no one really knows what a a single person streaming it means. Like, what's Mm -hmm. the dollar value for that? Yeah. And with some of the movies that have released lately, I read an article recently where I was talking about, you only have to watch, I think, two minutes or three minutes of a movie for it to count as a view. And... Mm. I don't know how I feel about that because mm-hmm. I've accidentally watched two or three minutes of a movie and yeah. then turned it off just because yeah. it was like, I don't have time to watch this or something. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the data in that way is maybe skewed a good bit. Cause like extinction, for instance, I think that was the name of it. The Chris Hemsworth extract. Wait, is it extraction? Extraction. Extraction. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. With all the crazy fight scenes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that really flew up the charts for them with the number of streams, like yeah. almost a hundred million or so. Yeah. And it's like, well, I assume most people probably watch all the way through, mm-hmm. but if you just check that end number, like who was there at the credits starting, 
mm-hmm. I'm imagining it'd be, you know, some amount lower. And I think maybe you don't have to watch the whole movie, but probably more than three minutes, you know? Yeah. Cause like on Facebook, you watch two seconds of a video and it counts as a view. Like, what is that? Yeah. You can accidentally scroll by and watch two seconds. Yeah. I, I think that whole, I think that leads into a, another discussion on like almost view gouging or like uh click through rate and that sort of stuff, because you know, it, it almost is like, I remember and this is not like and i think it might be a similar case but i remember a, a while back maybe half a year ago when justin bieber dropped his like previous album like there was a whole debacle on him telling his viewers to just have the music on and then have it on low uh-huh. and then just like keep it going continuously in the background while they were doing other stuff and that was just to like generate more and more views and get more and more like to send him up the charts to number one pretty much Mr. Shane numbers and so that's where it gets a little touchy is that i don't know how like much that applies to movies like extraction i'm not gonna lie like i thought it was a very visually pleasing movie and i thought it was very like well done choreographically but as far as story goes i thought it could have had more character development and stuff like that so as far as the movie goes i'm not gonna sit there and watch it again but i enjoyed the first watch you know like that's how sure. I felt about it, uh, but I think I, I don't know. It, it immediately I mean, went to that, number one, right? Isn't that pretty much every Adam Sandler movie? I mean, that, uh, you know, it comes on Netflix. Well, I, I, I well, did one time watch. Well, yeah, the newer stuff, yes, definitely. But I'll sit down <laughs> and I'll watch a happy or uh, um, uh, what is it, Madison? Billy Madison. Billy Madison, or I'll watch a Big Daddy or something like that. I'll watch yeah, the yeah. old classic stuff. Uh, wedding singer. I'll, I'll sit there and I'll I'll watch that stuff whenever I see it Absolutely. on. Absolutely. But like, definitely, yeah. The the Adam Sandler stuff now is just or uncut gems. Everyone go watch uncut gems. That that movie is like Safety Brothers did a fantastic job with that. Um, but yeah, I I definitely wonder how much of that gouging is occurring with that sort of stuff. Like extraction. Maybe it was like extremely well marketed and stuff like that that allowed it to go to number one and stuff like that it it just it reaches into a bunch of different i mean that's what they're looking at you know circling back to what gets renewed Mm -hmm. with streaming services is these streaming numbers and whatever their calculation is for what counts as a stream Mm -hmm. and whatever dollar amount they put to that you know that's what determines if you get an outer banks season two or if you yeah. get an extraction two yeah or um anything for that matter and mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that most people just don't even care about you, you can yeah. kind of gauge what's really successful just mm-hmm. by how many people are jumping on twitter talking about it or right in your screenshot yeah. like you know as soon as the memes start there's another oh, yeah. season coming. Oh, yeah. As soon as soon as you get your own meme, you've got another season. You're 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 in prime position. Absolutely. And so you, you kind of know, I guess. But you know, a movie comes out in a theater. It gets ten million dollars the first weekend. Costs two hundred million. There's mm-hmm. not a sequel. Yeah. Like, that's just plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and it's not that cut and dry. On. Mm-hmm the streaming platforms yeah yeah i i think that um it 
I, I like I already expected that there would be an Outer Banks too, like the second season. I expected that as soon as I saw it, because like definitely whenever I saw that it was trending number one on Netflix, I was like, oh, OK, well, this has got to get a second one. And it's always like whenever it gets revealed that there's a second season, it's like, oh, my God, woo! And I'm like, yeah. I saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, like, what was it? The Boys just got renewed for a third season as well. Oh, over on Amazon. On, on Amazon Prime, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I got to figure out when that comes out. I enjoyed the first season, uh, but I wonder where they're going to go with the second one. Yeah, I actually haven't seen that yet. Um, really? Heard really good things, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... So that got renewed for a third season, and I haven't even seen the second season. <laughs> so season two out? No, I don't know. I'm checking it right now. Uh, okay. But yeah, that's the thing is, I didn't, I didn't see getting renewed for two seasons back to back. That'd be clutch. Season two? Uh, no, there's only the bonus track out right now. The so bonus maybe it's coming out teaser fairly soon, and then three is already. In the works. Yeah, so like that's that. where I'm kind of like, why Why did they renew it for a third season if I haven't even seen the second season to say if I like it or right. not? <laughs> but They're I mean, there, really were some, banking on that there were some reviews that came out, I heard. So it's kind of like, maybe they had a closed screening of it to a lot of uh, reviewers and got Critics their opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, but yeah, um... Definitely, I think. Where did that conversation start? How did we get into the like renewal process of like media? <laughs> I was just talking a little bit about how the streaming platforms. Oh, right, right, right. Like nostalgia. I think we came counts. out with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, no matter what category of streaming everyone falls into. You know, you fall into one of them, mm-hmm. and everyone's doing it now. It, it, yeah. Obviously, we don't have theaters. We're not sure when we'll get theaters back. Mm-hmm. Maybe September. Yeah. Maybe I, later. I am. Um, I'm hoping for it, dude. I really want to see Tenant in theaters. I want to see Tenant. Uh, Wonder Woman, 1984. Wonder Woman. Yep. Top Gun 2. You know, all these movies. Mm-hmm. Tenet, not yet, but all the other movies have gotten moved into 2021 already. Yeah. So it's like everyone's just scrapping this year and saying, let's try it next year. <laughs> I, re- I remember a meme that I saw. It was like, I feel bad for those people who bought day planners for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> put a big red X through just, it. And just toss that thing on. right in the recycling bin because you're not going to get to use it. My God, my light. Oh, God. Technical. <laughs> my light just tried to attack me. Your home office is falling apart as we speak. <laughs> okay. I think it's safe for the moment. Um, to keep an eye on that. We'll have to keep an eye on that. I probably won't. Um, but yeah, I, I think that definitely I switch between these categories a lot. Like therapeutic streaming. Sometimes I'll sit. I'll, I'll just sit here and throw on like... Uh, it, it's a different type of streaming, but I'll sit here and like listen to YouTube videos in the background, listen to why Genghis Khan decided to attack, right? Like these sort of different yeah. like videos doesn't really matter. I'll go down the rabbit hole, but I feel like that's the same thing with people that um, are watching stuff just to have it on in the background. And I think that does drive like popularity of the series as well, right? Sure. I mean, look at Friends. It doesn't matter what platform it's on. Every time it jumps on a new platform, it's number one. Mm-hmm. 
everyone's watching it and I love friends as much as the next person, but like there's some nostalgic value pinned on that that really pushes that one forward above even the new shows, new movies, Mm -hmm. um, whatever else is coming out. It's just like, I'm gonna watch friends because yeah, I don't have to think about it. Yeah, I think it, I think it's that whole thing that we talked about before. How like it's literally like you know what you're gonna get when you watch it. Like you're you're not going to a new restaurant to order the most wild thing <laughs> off the menu, right? You're not gonna sit here and go to like a Chinese place and just order like the egg rolls and see how they are, right? Right. You're gonna you're gonna sit down and you're gonna go to your childhood favorite restaurant, order the chicken tendies, okay? Like that. That's what, That's what we do. <laughs> and dinosaur. So, dinosaur. The dinosaur. Shit chicken nuggies at a uh, chinese restaurant <laughs> if that's not a thing let's make it happen someone out there <laughs> someone out there will make that like i i bet there's a fusion restaurant like childhood favorites in chinese dino food. fusion <laughs> dino fusion wasn't that like a power rangers type uh series oh gosh i feel I like it prob- i feel like it probably was like dino something um but yeah i I would say like indulgent streaming. I find myself in that sometimes like whenever Outer Banks came out, I was watching it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, we'll probably get into reviewing like maybe if we get around to Outer Banks. I don't know. But my my quick takeaway from Outer Banks was I thought it was all right. (laughs) I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It was fun. It was nice. It kind of had the same vibe that I had from uh all nights in a sense um in the fact that it's very like young adult centered right very uh coming of age type um and i thought it was just like overall fun like what was happening in the series but at the same time it didn't blow me away with a lot of the stuff that happened in it uh, which is like why I was kind of like, oh, this this is trending. So I, I really wanted to watch it to see Brooke and see um, Parker. Parker. And it, yeah, that that was one of the reasons that pushed me to do that. But I binged that whole thing in like a day or two. Sure. Yeah. I think the young adult genre, whether it's adapted from a book mm-hmm. or you know, a miniseries, show, movie, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been successful kind of ever since Harry Potter you know yeah. that, that might be one of the first ones you would look at for the start of this whole new era of movies directed at teenagers and you know the John Green books Fallen Our Stars all those different types of movies kind of have paved the way for the kissing booths and the outer okay. bank and um what's the one to all the girls to all the boys ever loved oh i think that's already you know got the third movie on the way right and you know it's based on a a book series i believe Mm -hmm. so like that's a really popular one um on streaming services for the indulgent streamer and then Mm -hmm. also it probably falls in that therapeutic because that's something that a lot of people myself included i mean i'm to reveal my age i'm 28 and i still very much love watching young adult um films and shows because mm-hmm. that's kind of the genre i like working in yeah that's, that's the stories i like writing and producing so i think it depends a lot on 
your light is going. <laughs> I'm just gonna have it I right there. I'm gonna have the. I'm gonna have. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna have the <laughs> ominous look from my light. I swear to God. Yeah, it's like a horror film. Thank God this is audio. I get um, slashed from behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I think it does extremely well. Um, one and one of the reasons it might be very, uh, uh, very not direct what is the, what is a good word to describe not direct it's very in, uh, indirect, indirect. <laughs> there you we go got I, it. I swear there. to god i did good in english um <laughs> he has a college degree. i have a college degree I, I promise um but it's a very indirect way of saying that people wish to go back to the way they felt when they were younger i feel like that's how it usually is and one of the reasons i think a lot of people enjoy and write and consume that type of content is because of that feeling and also wait hold on my train of thought just left the station um oh god it was it was there oh i i was gonna say like these people that write that sort of stuff like whenever they write like i see a sex scene in like a uh young adult type film or something like that like 16 or 15 year olds like doing drugs and stuff like that that may be true that it does happen in the real world but it's also an older person probably writing these younger people doing these stuff and i'm always kind of like <laughs> i don't know how much of this is speaking from their experience and how much of it they fantasize you know what i mean yeah it's like you take your own experience and then you warp it into whatever you wanted it to be whatever mm -hmm. you thought it was at the time yeah. as a 16 year old that didn't know anything mm -hmm. and yeah. the reality is that nothing was very glamorous yeah. during most of the teen years whatever the experience was mm -hmm. and we've just romanticized all that stuff mm -hmm. and to kind of jump to another tangent um i don't know if you've watched it but euphoria on oh i do remember hbo is you know doing really great things and i think it got some nominations in the emmys which got mm -hmm. announced today we can talk about that a little ah, bit if you want yeah emmys um, you're gonna have to shoot me like a link or something like that so i can yeah, see i'll, I'll shoot you something over but um yeah uh that show is very graphic and very you know it doesn't shy away raw. from showing anything very or raw. talking about anything yeah. And all these kids are depicted as being, you know, freshmen through seniors in high school. Mm -hmm. And the way it's kind of pitched or talked about is that this is what kids are doing now. Yeah. And I don't know what every kid's doing, but I didn't have any of those I experiences never had that as a happen kid. to me. Um, but that's not to say that it doesn't happen and maybe it is someone's mm -hmm. experience. So yeah I that's that's kind of in a, a different age of like realism in yeah. shows and films that's that's where I, I i feel i have a little trepidation going towards that form of content like even as an actor like if i were to be acting in something like that i mean i'm I'm probably gonna act in it i mean i'm not gonna sit here and be like i'm not gonna do it because it stands against my ideal content right it's it's got its uh own uh audience somewhere 
And I definitely respect that. And if, if I can help bring that to life, I definitely would. And that is, that's one of the things where I, and, and I had mentioned it was, it kind of makes me feel like sometimes it could be fantasized about. And that's, that's, that's only my two cents. It's not something to say that they're, uh, they shouldn't do that sort of stuff. Right. Cause I think it does have a nostalgia effect that helps make people feel like they are, you know, going back to the days of yore, right? Sure, yeah. And I, I think that those shows can be invaluable because it gives us the far extremes of any range that some people are at. And, you know, that person can now see perhaps their experience, which before, you know, we get the seventh heaven version of high school where everything's kind of happy and maybe your dad cheated on your mom or Mm -hmm. um, your teen sister got pregnant and we're not really sure how that happened. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, now we're diving into a lot more of a realistic state of um, storytelling. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, it's great to be a part of those stories and kind of bring those to life as an actor or even um, member of the production. And, um, I tend to try and write and steer more towards a realistic approach to any sort of serious topic, um, yeah. more than like a fantasized version of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's just a style thing there. And obviously it's got an audience because, mm-hmm. you know, it's real big on HBO and, um, that's something that I certainly can't take away from it at all. So I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Emmys, which were the nominations were released today. And mm-hmm. so at the time of recording this, it's the 28th of July. Yeah. Nominations were released and the Emmys are going to be this September. And mm-hmm. so something that I always like to look at, at least the past few years, has been um, the online platforms and their presence in this uh, arena that was normally dominated by... I guess you had HBO for a while, but mm-hmm. um, CBS, Fox, you know, all the cable stations, like yeah. that was their world. But more and more we're seeing, you know, the Disney Plus, Hulu's, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all those starting to really dominate this um, arena. Yeah. I think I think that's another uh, topic, but it's also like the quality of Netflix, I think, has gone up like drastically in the last few years as far as like production value and like writing and all the stories and everything. I think it's definitely gone up. So I can definitely understand why it's like, you know, you had pointed out to me in 2020, Netflix got 160 Emmy nominations. Like I can see why it's because it's starting to get good with its productions. Yeah, I mean, you've got these A-list stars and all these different shows on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. And not to downplay it, but I mean, they're throwing money and just seeing where it sticks. Mm -hmm. And it's just proof that people still show up, not just for a good idea, but to see certain people on screen. 
Mm-hmm. And so that price tag that's on them and that they pay out to, you know, get that $150 million show that they're doing, you know, it pays off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the previous record for nominations was HBO with, mm-hmm. I think 137. Yeah. And Netflix passed it this year. Really? Yeah. That, that really surprises me. Cause I think it's a, a turning point in the fact that, you know, and, and I, I can speak and attest to this is, I mean, I don't really use cable. <laughs> I use yeah. streaming services over anything and internet. So like whenever I was setting up my internet, in my new apartment, like as, although they were trying to sell it to me really hard to get the cable package, I was like, uh, I just, I use streaming services. I pay for what I need and I don't need to spend extra money on cable to watch, you know, HBO and stuff like that. Unless you get like HBO online or whatever they call it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I've, all I've had for years now is just YouTube TV. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a particular selection of certain cable shows and it's nice to have, but mm-hmm. by and large, I'm like yourself, just on the streaming services, and that's kind of where I spend most of my time if I'm watching um, yeah. any type of show or movie. So mm-hmm. it's definitely easy to see how it's turning that way, but I know for a long time there was a lot of people upset about you know Netflix or Amazon Prime coming in in the scene and mm-hmm. maybe more so with the Academy yeah and the oscars you know they're still trying to like block them out but they're slowly i mean they're making enough of a presence and Mm -hmm. enough solid content now that it's hard to ignore Mm -hmm. and why shut it out you know because it didn't go to a theater or because it wasn't on abc you know that's that doesn't really have any weight anymore yeah I, I I think that it's becoming like we had and we had talked about this before, like how Quibi is new on the scene. Like it, it says 2019 Quibi new platform rather than like any nominations or anything, because it's like I just started seeing about it this year, like those uh, commercials and everything about it. It's new. It's it's becoming, you know, streaming services more and more of the. Uh, cable channels are going to a more virtual like online experience rather than you know they're offering all of their shows with a a subscription and that i think is extremely smart because it's a lot more accessible to people um and i think it's a different viewing like i'm not going to sit down in my living room every single day unless i wanted to and watch uh cable like that's just not something I do. I'm always at my computer. I'm always doing something. It's almost like the fast food restaurant of the content consumption market. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can watch a 30-minute show on your bus ride home uh, from your job or on the train or whatever you're doing. Um, you have all these different options now, and it's so easy to digest and jump in and um to see the success of platforms that are just now starting and already getting emmy nominations like you mentioned quibi also apple tv plus and disney plus mm-hmm. were brand new last year and now they have you know over 30 nominations between the two of them yeah 
And I think it's just a matter of picking what you want to watch. And mm-hmm. maybe some people have all these services, but I know for myself, it's impossible to watch <laughs> all of that content. It's almost yeah. a negative in the sense that there's just so much there's, now. Yeah. The amount that you would need to... I, I definitely agree that, you know, it's almost like the we're, we're very familiar with YouTube. YouTube, like I've known that since like as far as I can remember, like yeah, I, and, when it started. Yeah. And so that has literally been normal for me. And I think this is one of those where it's going to be a new normal. It's and you know, since the advent of like online video sharing and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of people, they talk about how they're afraid that older formats of media consumption like theaters are going to go away i don't think it is i think it's going to be a very it's almost like how you know my major is graphic communications and a lot of the first question they ask you in the classes is uh is print media going away like printed physical copy because a lot of people they assume with digital um platforms that people aren't going to want like printed stuff but it's almost like the reverse in the fact that with more and more digital, you'd prefer to get a letter or something in the mail rather than get an email, right? Right. Because yep. it's more tangible. It's something that they can get, especially if it's a very nice printed media. You know, if it's a nicely printed uh, promotional card, people will be like, oh, I'll look at it rather than an email they'll send straight to the spam or to their archive, right? And so I think it's almost the same thing about video or like movie and content uh, consumption is that people are going to be like, oh, I'm tired of just sitting in my room watching uh, my movies, right? They're going to be like, oh, I want to go experience the theater. And so the theater becomes more of a, a luxury again, right? Like it was back in the day, right? When it first started, it was a luxury. People went to the movies to just enjoy themselves and actually watch the movies but uh, i think that's definitely going to happen with streaming services uh but yeah let's let's talk about these like nominations like i think we got onto a a different topic that we definitely will be uh touching on later right yeah one thing more i'd add to that just about the theater is you know it's an experience yeah and you generally don't have an experience watching something at your home um like you do at the theater mm-hmm. and i would just throw out there also that the actual theater like stage production mm-hmm. has been around since oh. the invention of telling stories essentially yeah. i mean it's one of the oldest art forms so that's still around people still pay huge money to go see things like hamilton oh yeah and um so as long as things like that thrive and it's a, a thing to do to take your family, to take your spouse or mm-hmm. a group of friends to um, the theater is certainly going to still be around. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, nominations this year. Uh, one of my personal favorite shows, Ozark. Ozark, um, 18 yeah. 18 nominations and rightfully so. Just some of the acting um, all around really from the, the main cast and the direction and just the, the story itself really just continues mm-hmm. in this season to be at a, a high level, which is 
somewhat rare to see in a lot of shows. Right. Yeah. I I definitely like Ozark. I watched the first season. I haven't watched any more just because I think I, I got uh, lost in like probably the online sauce of other like <laughs> of other stuff to watch they're saying there's too much out there there's a lot out there that <laughs> i'm still trying to watch and ozark is one of them um but it's one that i'll definitely go back to and i enjoyed uh the lead actor his name escapes me it's like jason, jason bateman. bateman yes why did i why, why did i literally go oh i think i know what it is oh yeah it's jason bateman um <laughs> No, I, I think he does a fantastic job. I love him as an actor. I think he does and amazing he directs, work. Uh, quite a bit of those episodes, right? Um, I, he's I'm, a producer as well. Like it's pretty much his thing, and um, he's really doing well with it. Yeah, I, I love that about like series and stuff. Like whenever I was watching something about uh, Mad Men, it was talking about how John Hamm had directed a few things, and I was like, that's. As an actor, I would love to have like the producer be like, "Oh, you could direct this one," <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, let's see what you got," right? Yeah, um, I think some of these shows that have a lot of success over multiple seasons, um, they start kind of trying to find ways to be fresh and maybe an opportunity for actors to jump platform and get on the other side of the camera, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Let's. The, the nomination what, what are there any other nominations that you had that were like interesting to you anything that stood out that was like oh my god i can't believe I think, they got nominated 10 I think times one that continues to surprise me and this is probably just because i'm not really a huge fan mm-hmm. is saturday night live saturday night live i yeah watch the clips on youtube sometimes they're funny sometimes they're not but yeah. i it's just it doesn't do anything for me right and that's no disrespect to any of the cast or any of the producers or anything on mm-hmm. that but i think it's interesting that it continues to be nominated you know mm-hmm. and it's been running for you know how long like oh my god since yeah like. since like the 19 what 80s something like that yeah just blows my mind um and then another one that stands out is Shit's creek because Schitt's it, it's creek. their last uh season mm-hmm. so a serious finale season got nominated with 15 and i don't know how much you know about that show but it's pretty much dan levy's show he's mm-hmm. the son in it and then obviously his dad eugene levy plays mm-hmm. his dad so it, it's right. really cool that they got to kind of have that show mm-hmm. um, and express yeah. a story they wanted to tell together. And mm-hmm. that that um, was, it's a really funny show. And it's one of those cases where they knew where they needed to end and mm-hmm. they got out on a high note. Right. So I'm really excited to see. I hope they win some of yeah. those numbers. I think that definitely is like a dichotomy in the entertainment industry is the fact that some things are very nostalgic like we were talking about before. It's like, oh, this was good in its first, second, third season. It's got to have nominations. You know, if it doesn't have nominations, you're a loon, right? So like, yeah. so like with 
uh, Saturday Night Live, it's been it's a recurring thing. Like this has been around for ages. Like literally, it, it's older than I am, way older than I am. And so people are like, who watched that whenever they were, you know, in their twenties, and that was their thing are now like older and they're voting on this sort of stuff and so they're like oh it has to be on there right and then Shit's creek is something that you know first eligible in 2015 had no nominations until 2019 four nominations last year zero wins and then this year 2020 15 nominations you know something that's relatively you know it's not new new right so it's not like the young buck on the scene but it's also one that's been going on and as you said it's been producing good stuff and it's going out on a high note rather than you know surviving long enough to see itself become the villain right using a little uh, dark knight reference there are we <laughs> yes <laughs> why they're die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> that's definitely a movie that we will review at some point and that will probably be a long episode <laughs> but yeah i think that definitely is something that happens is you know that series that goes out on its own note rather than continuing um but i know those are two different forms of content as well one sketch comedy one's uh more narrative yeah and you know to the credit of saturday night live it doesn't need to be anything Mm -hmm. like it's it can be a complete 180 from year to year Mm -hmm. and it's just you know when they reflect back and do episodes on 2020 yeah it's obviously going to be a lot different than you know two three years ago when they were doing episodes just because they're like that's their style their current Mm -hmm. their hip yeah they're dealing with the political social issues and Mm -hmm. so you know there's a market for it it's just not um my thing yeah but um i I think it's always interesting to see there's certain shows that continue to be nominated and then you gotta look at why Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it comes down to the writing yeah because when the writing gets stale the show's done. Right. Like it doesn't matter if you have Brad Pitt playing his best version of whatever he does. <laughs> his Obviously best version of do... Brad Pitt. <laughs> right. Um, he actually got, I don't know if that was real, but nominated or something for his Dr. Fauci impression. Ah, in, uh, in Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's an actual thing or just that particular episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if the writing goes down, mm-hmm. then the shows, as we know with, I mean, I don't want to dive into it, but Game of Thrones, right. you know, they just yeah. said, we're cutting it off. Let's wrap it up and end it. And yeah. the writing got really rushed and mm-hmm. forced, it seemed like, and they're trying to tie up, you know, so many loose ends and just not enough time. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think... For me personally, that's what I love about miniseries mm-hmm. because they have a start and an end and they know what they are for right. themselves. Yeah. And one of the best things I've ever, ever watched is Chernobyl. Chernobyl. On HBO. Right. And last year, 
it stole the show, was winning everything, it seemed like, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, because <laughs> it's just amazing. And yeah. I can't even say that enough times. Yeah. It's just I've heard I've heard amazing things about it. I haven't seen it personally, but I I've heard really amazing things about the acting in it. Yeah, the acting, the cinematography, um, the storyline, it like makes radiation a character. Mm-hmm. Like it personifies this right. thing that kills is like the villain and it's just this beautiful way that is crafted and yeah. I I would love to do a whole episode on Chernobyl. Yeah, but. definitely. I'll definitely have to dive into it and become a binger for that so I can yeah. te- like f- like get to talk about it cuz I definitely agree. I think that, you know, I, I I'm a big fan of those very like you were talking about personifying the radiation and stuff like that. I love like series that does that. And I love whenever like a series like in Mad Men they'll do a shot and i i'm very particular about it now whenever i watch content because it's very subtle but there's always that uh thing in the back of the mind whenever you're uh, talking about content is like why is this frame here right you never want to have something in there a little like i i watched a video on editing right for uh film and it was like, why is this one frame in there? Like, that's how specific they get. So, so any frame that you see on the screen is supposed to tell you something, right? And so that's where in Mad Men, it'll show a quick, like, second of a frame of, like, a pair of shoes. But that frame tells you all you need to know about you know the character just staring at the shoes probably because like i don't know reminds him of his childhood right but you make that connection as a a person as the viewer watching it and you make that connection and that's in there for a reason it's not like oh hey guys you know these are a nice pair of shoes let's just get a quick shot of that Mm, okay nice exactly right yeah they're moving the story forward with cutaways and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's to objects or thematic pieces that they're trying to use to continue the different themes they're trying to bring to light yeah so i i definitely will watch uh for that sort of stuff in chernobyl but these uh nominations i'm I'm looking through them real quick i see the mandalorians on there with 15 nominations which i mean i can I enjoyed The Mandalorian. Talk about a game-changing show. I mean, yeah. Disney Plus comes on the scene. It's like, okay, I can Drops watch all these bomb, old movies. Yeah. But then The Mandalorian shows up and... Everyone loses their mind. Revolutionize how you film stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baby Yoda aside, mm-hmm. they kind of broke the mold again. And yeah. It's something that a lot of shows and movies are going to start using with the LED screens um, for the backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Being able to just film on a set now. Like, close set. You can make the world whatever you want it to be. I saw that picture of their set, and I was like, what? This is nuts. That That is so immersive as an actor to just have that there because most of the time you're... 
like if you're sitting there trying to fight a big bug right <laughs> you gotta imagine the big bug or some guy dressed in a green suit coming at you right but, yeah. now, but now with that screen it's like you can feel the desert the desert planet right and the dust and stuff like that it really helps with the storytelling as an actor and i i love that whenever i saw the the set for sure yeah and you know beyond that they're able to capture it in camera which Mm -hmm. is invaluable to everyone on board acting you can see it there you know in camera you can see the actual landscape and you can work on your blocking and just all around uh, a big step forward so oh yeah i haven't seen it which i'm partially ashamed of i guess but um, i mean I, 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 I know that it deserves the nomination just gotten I, I, as far as the series goes, a lot of people, they had a bunch of gripes about it. And of course, you know, the Star Wars community, oh, they got gripes about this. Oh, okay. Well, they, they usually do. And that's not to say that, the, uh, that's not to say anything <laughs> about the new movies, which I believe everything they say about that. Um, but I think that, um, you know, I thought, I thought it was a good series. I thought, uh, narratively it went well. Uh, and I thought, it was very enjoyable, and then I canceled my subscription after it was finished. <laughs> uh, now you're gonna have to get it back. Now I'm gonna have to get it back to watch even more. So uh, it, it's I'll turn into another binger whenever I can. But that was the thing is that they they didn't release it all at once. Right, that's something that I feel like HBO capitalizes on mm-hmm. really well because they release you know weekly episodes versus the whole season and Mm -hmm. at a minimum it keeps people talking about something longer yeah and so you think about you know even a show like dead to me on netflix Mm -hmm. like a suspense kind of crime-based comedy Mm -hmm. drama and just perfectly acted yeah and it's out like all at once you watch it one weekend and then the next month it's on to the next thing but it's kind of a missed opportunity to have people talking about this amazing show for two months. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of the cliffhangers have a lot more impact and could create a lot more conversation on social media, but yeah, I, I'm a fan either way. I I watch it, whether I can watch it all at once or if it's going to be two months worth. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, to kind of maybe bring this episode to a close, um, streaming now more than ever is not only kind of saved us in a time where we haven't been able to see or watch in the normal ways, mm-hmm. but it, it's paving the way towards perhaps a new normal. And yeah. that's pretty exciting, especially mm-hmm. as a creator myself that there's all these new outlets that people are watching that I could create something. It could be seen and, um, on a larger scale than just maybe your YouTube channel that 35 people subscribe to. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so yeah, I I think it's a, a good thing and I don't think it's like we talked about earlier, replacing anything per se. It's kind of shifting things, even, you know, HBO was a K 
cable. Like it's still cable. That's mm-hmm. what it is. But now they have Max and like they've got these avenues for their streaming mm-hmm. portions and it's really successful. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's it's a new avenue for media to come across. It's it's not to say that it's a different experience and i think i'll go back to the point the the analogy that i made before which is like it's like the fast food of the media because it's you know it's there when you want it right it's really quick it's easy to get it's at the tip of your fingers but like there's a difference between consuming media in a very dark room with just the screen on and fully focused on that rather than sitting down on your couch watching the office for like the hundredth time scrolling through social media like there's a there's that difference and i definitely think that you know regardless of how you consume your media i mean it's just a new normal especially in like the quarantine right now is we're all consuming more and more but that's not to say that after this is finished it's going to shift i think it definitely will and that things are going to be different. Uh, maybe people who didn't use streaming platforms before got them while they were in quarantine and now a lot bigger audience is there, which hopefully that money goes towards the funding of new projects and a lot better productions, right? Fingers crossed on that one. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think I definitely think that. And then uh, the Emmys, of course, you know, with all those new streaming platforms i love that they're getting recognition because you know it's not a monopoly on content that you have to watch tv for good stuff you you can get a streaming platform which is new like quibi and get content that is made by uh, somebody you don't know but it still can be good stuff it doesn't have to be made by like warner brothers to be a fantastic film made at all different levels Mm -hmm. and on a somewhat even playing field for yeah. maybe the first time in history. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I think that'll do it for today's episode. That was uh, extremely good. I thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, our first episode trying to navigate how we want to do things and hopefully something in there was interesting and we're going to try and dive a lot more into the industry locally at a higher level and then also talk about different shows and movies and get some interviews going. So we're excited about it. We hope you guys are as well. We would love any feedback. Uh, I don't know how to get feedback on a oh, podcast. Yeah. I, but I, I, I don't know either. Uh, we're we're going to have to throw in like some social medias and stuff like that. <laughs> we're still um, tweaking I, the details, but yeah. I think yeah. there's a description below episodes. You can probably find things in, so we'll try and figure that out. But yeah, we appreciate it. And till next week. All right. See y'all later. Thank you.